0: Lauren Acton is probably one of the most inspiring people that I've met in my life. Uh, She has been a mentor of mine in my energy work and sound healing, um, but also just is such a beautiful human being to bounce ideas off of and to feel the love and support of humanity. Uh, Lauren is a a sound healer and Reiki master. Uh, She's just getting back from a close to about a year-long trip uh, through Mexico and Exploring a lot of the uh, the, the beauty and the uh, the gifts that she has as a human being. And so today we're going to talk a lot about her journey uh, through, uh, through the gifts that she's exploring as well as the journey she just took in Mexico. Um, some of the uh, embodiment and empowerment that she's been working with. A lot of the tools that she's amassed and uh, just talk a lot about community and how to explore the, the humanness of our beings. So, uh, really love to get, uh, get time with Lauren and it's been over a year since I've uh, been face to face with her. So a lot of love, a lot of great conversations, a lot of good topics to bounce around with. So hope you get something out of the conversation. We'll see you on the other side. All right. Welcome back to the show. Uh, today sitting across from me is, uh, a friend, a homie, a sister. Uh, I've been in touch with you for a uh, for, uh, while you've been gone, but I haven't really seen you uh, in the past year. Uh, and so uh, I just, I love you so much, Lauren. Uh, so sitting across from me is Lauren Acton. Uh, she has been a friend of mine for a number of years. I actually do remember the day we were introduced to one another. Joe Parsons was like, there's a woman in there that you need to meet. Go, go talk to her. She's like the shit, right? And, and pretty much since then, I've been like just tied to your hip. Um, so you've been a mentor to me in energy work as I've stepped into energy work um, with, uh, with your Reiki skills and your sound healing skills. Um, I've both uh, received um, sound and Reiki from you as well as uh, the beautiful mentorship and advice and love that you have. Uh, you are uh, a sound healer, Reiki master, um, embodiment movement, which I'm really excited to hear more about. And then uh, holding space for recovery, you know, and that's just that. Those are so many beautiful things, and so helpful for our community and and what we're doing here. So, uh, thank you so much for first off just being an amazing human, uh, but thanks for joining me.
1: Wow, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that was really nice.
0: Ah, well, like I said, it's been, it's like a year's worth of like praise just built up. You yeah. know, I can only text so much love, you know, right. it's like when right. I see you in person, I'm like, ah, I'm just going to gush. For oh, and minute. I
1: just got to experience it. Thank you for having me on your table. Oh yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is the, yeah, this is the first post Reiki uh, interview that we're doing as well.
1: I know. I, I feel wonderful and I felt the love and I'm so grateful for our friendship.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, so you have been on just an epic journey for the past little while now. Um, it was right after COVID hit, you uh, you decided to go to Mexico. Yeah. And that was like, I was flabbergasted and excited and just like, okay, cool. Can't wait till you get back. I'm going to miss the shit out of you. But like, you're going to have some fucking amazing stories when you get back. And so like, uh, so do you remember making that decision and, and the reason why you chose to move or to to take this journey.
1: Right. Yeah, I I do actually. It was a weird time, wasn't it? But, but we were making it work as best as we could. And I had decided to close my healing center mm-hmm. that I was renting and move my practice into my home. And, um, and I was, I was making it work and, and still holding space for clients and ceremony and, and, um, and and just felt but i also just felt like resistance mm. i felt like i was having to try really hard to continue to keep my head above water um in terms of fulfillment
2: yeah
1: right and in terms of um just feeling like it was worth all the hard work it it was it was a con- it was just a confusing time and yeah and i was actually talking to a friend at the time he's he's now my my lover and my partner yeah. but yeah at the time and i just mentioned to him you know i just want to pack up and go i i there when if not now when mm-hmm. you know and um and his encouragement was well let's do it yeah. and my response was well have you ever heard of Tulum
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so he and i together actually went to mexico and I had to make the decision to close my practice a second time mm. and to go, but I knew if I didn't do it, I would talk myself out of it. And that would have been a 100% fear-based decision. Right. And also my triggers, and they're still coming up to this day of letting people down or mm. disappointing people. I felt completely responsible for all my clients. How are they going to take the news? You right. know, and. To this day, you know, I'm still working on if I don't show up for myself first, I will burn out and I won't be able to show up for anyone else. And yeah. and so I did. I I literally, it was such a quick turnaround. I finished out my Reiki trainings that I was hosting, put my stuff in storage, mm-hmm. got rid of a ton of stuff. And, and, and I say a ton of stuff. Every time I move, which is often, I downsize. And yeah. so it really wasn't too much, but put some stuff in storage and got on a plane and and now I'm back in Washington for the first time in seven months. Yeah,
0: now, yeah. yeah. And uh, so before you, uh, before you did make that decision to move to Mexico. Uh, Just a little background on who you are and where where you've come from. Um, So you you were building your practice here, and you are Reiki master and Holy Fire Trinity, right? Uh, Yeah, Holy
1: Fire Usui Holy Fire Three Karuna. Okay, cool. Yeah,
0: Um, and uh, and actually, so would you mind explaining the? uh, So I'm very familiar with the Reiki Reiki mastership, but then Holy Fire Karuna. Uh, that's, I mean, I, I know by proxy be- from you and Cam, but did you mind, would you mind explaining the difference between the two?
1: Yeah. I mean, Reiki, as we know, is just this beautiful, overarching love and energy. And it's they're just little branches, different um, enhancements, if you want to say. I don't even know if that's the right word. But Karuna is inviting in compassion mm. and inviting in some real, really powerful tools to get into um, a lot of the old behaviors right. and a lot of the, the stories that we store in our body cellular cellularly. And then the, you know, the Holy fire is just the Reiki of love. And you can just think about lighting that fire up in you and that fire just exploding through your entire being and radiating across all humanity, all mm. every living being in this entire cosmic universe. And, and so it's still, it's all Reiki, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different piece of fruit in the basket.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's like when we add sound bowls or we add tuning forks, exactly. it's just that, that beautiful like addition stuff that we can put in there. Exactly. I love that. And I and having received Reiki from you too, like I can feel that love. Like it's so it's so beautiful.
1: I have to say when I went and got my training for the um, Holy Fire Three in the Karuna. It was a it was a game changer for me. I started to feel things I hadn't felt, and and my clients certainly noticed when those attunements were brought into the practice. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's to me, it's still just as powerful as Reiki Level One.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, uh, that's a beautiful message. Like you're once you've gotten attuned or you have that understanding of the energies, it's all within you right we're all gifted it it's just once we start to recognize it and we start to to start to manipulate and play with the energies that we get stronger with it exactly yeah just like anything you know i can tell you from the day that i started reiki till the day now even having the similar knowledge from when i started it's just that that confidence that that you start working with
1: that's exactly what it is the the reiki is the same from the day you channel it you know and acknowledge that you have it to to the day that you stop practicing right. reiki but it's the confidence like you said it's the trust in yourself that you have the ability to share such you know unconditional love mm. and and it's a willingness to expand bigger and bigger and bigger so i believe that the reiki practice gets stronger the more that we step away from ego yes and when we just channel in pure source divine love the Reiki practice itself is going to expand, and and then people will notice. And then when it comes to like you know the whole business side of it, right. the the practice will expand as well because people will start to seek you out. Um, once we just get out of our own way.
0: Yes, that's and that's been my goal since I started doing this, and um, I uh, I've I've made fun of this uh, this this uh, variation of myself quite a bit on this podcast, but um, um, I call him Corporate Adam. And uh, corporate Adam tends to pop his head in, especially when I'm doing energy work and likes to whisper in my left ear saying, Hey, you're just putting your hands on that person's forehead. Oh Do gosh. you <laughs> think you're doing anything? Yeah. Why don't you go, go put some shoes on and get a job? Why don't you go get your 401k back? Right. Right. And it's just constantly like, okay, yeah, shut up. Right? right. Cool. All right. I love you. Stop, stop, stop yelling at me. <laughs> I, I love you, Adam, corporate Adam, you know, and it is, it's, It. it's, it's creating that trust within myself that I'm here doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that, um, as much as that person is, you know, in my left ear talking to me, trying to discourage me, I know in a way that that's actually very encouraging to me because it's making me more, uh, willfully aware that I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing because in my opinion, if somebody is that strongly trying to take me away from what I should be, what I feel like I'm, I'm built to do more or less, then I'm doing exactly what I need to do. Mm, and and that, that, you know, as, as, as much as that, that negativity is in my ear, it's, it's pushing me towards the thing I should be doing.
1: Right. You know, I have corporate Lauren too. Okay. So I have a, I have that past as well. And, yep. and, um, the best advice, and I I think I have shared this with you before the best advice I received when I really expanded my business side of my practice was to stop taking myself so seriously. Mm hmm. And I was at first like, what? (laughs) Like, who are you to tell me that? But it was exactly what I needed to hear because I thought I was in control of the session. I thought that I was responsible for the person on the table's experience. I thought that if they didn't feel something, they wouldn't trust me. They would think I was a fraud. Totally. And of course, it's willingness on both sides. I have to be willing to give. They have to be willing to receive. I have to be willing to receive whatever comes up. Um, But I I was... Dancing with corporate Lauren and, and you know, producing results.
2: Right. And
1: um, and that my success was established by the number of clients I had or how much, you know, income was coming in. Right. And that's all part of the bu- the business, right? We have to find the balance. But things manifested as big as they did so quickly when I got out of my own way. Yes. And I stopped taking myself so seriously and started having fun with it.
0: That's exactly it. Yeah. Once we – and, you know, we're – a lot of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing now is because I got so beaten down with that day to day working for somebody else, living for somebody else, and and not having fun. And so for me to switch over and work for myself and to then still embrace that that seriousness, it's like I'm I am i am doing it wrong, in my own opinion. You know, I I need to I see the the joy in life. Mm-hmm. And I see that there's way more joy than there is seriousness uh, if we allow ourselves to see that. And so, you know, we have that choice. I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose that mm-hmm. happiness. I'm going to make that choice to when I feel myself being in fear and anger, I'm going to look at myself and say, hey, Adam, you're making this choice to be in fear and anger, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes I tell that guy to shut the F up and just like, <laughs> right. let me be in my misery. And then other times I'm like... God, you're right. Right. I'm choosing to be an asshole right
1: now. Uh, I hate when I have to call my own self out. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, just give me a minute. I am Uh, not done with my temper tantrum.
0: I want to just kick my feet a little bit longer and just wave my fist in the air. And
1: then it'll be like, are you done yet? (laughs) You having fun? I'm not having any fun. Okay. this sucks. (laughs) Time to choose again.
0: (laughs) Oh, and then you chose Mexico.
1: And I chose Mexico and I had a lot of fun in Mexico. Damn straight. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Where did so? Where did your journeys take you? Like, where did you start your journey in Mexico? Yeah,
1: so the the plan was Tulum. Uh, I had a couple um, leads on festivals that I could work while I was down there, and okay. so I traveled with my Tibetan singing bowls. Uh-huh. Um, well, I traveled with nine of them.
0: Maybe, not the whole, maybe ten. You've got, <laughs> not, like, you've got a plethora.
1: I've got a yes. I can't say that word, so I'm not going to try. Oh. But yes, I do. <laughs> And um, so I did specifically choose Tulum, but we landed on the Yucatan Peninsula, Cancun, or yeah, Cancun, Mm -hmm. and just made our way south, did end up landing in Tulum. I did work festivals. It was a weekly thing, and then it ultimately ended in a big one. Okay. And then while I was there, I made connections and ended up working a festival further south in Bacalar, which is the Laguna of Seven Blues, and it Mm. is a very magical, magical laguna, and then from there, it was, well, let's rent a car, and, and we did a tour of the Yucatan Peninsula. Cool. Ended up in two different states, Chiapas and Palenque, and, and chased waterfalls, and ended up in the city of Merida, which is a, very historic and has some beautiful architecture, but I am a water baby. Yeah. I just, <laughs> like, if, if there's water, I'm in it, and there's no water in Merida, mm-hmm. so... We got some things done in Merida and, and then quickly left Merida. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So ended up making a big loop and ultimately settled in Puerto Morelos, okay. which is like a hidden secret gem that I'm now broadcasting out to everyone who's ah. listening to this podcast. Puerto <laughs> Morelos is where I absolutely want to land again and okay. where I would like to establish. Uh, uh, something Mm. something um, something big
0: where is uh in conjunction like it is
1: only 20 25 minutes south of Cancun okay tiny little beach town that everyone drives right by because they're going to Playa del Carmen and they're going to Tulum okay got it and the people are authentic and beautiful and kind and it is a very profound I just felt really light Mm. and 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 like the space that was being held for me in Puerto Morelos. And so I want to expand that and invite people into it. Um, I love that. Of course, I don't want to flood this tiny little beach town, but yeah. the beach town itself is calling for community.
0: Mm, okay. And I
1: know that I'm going to go down there and establish that.
0: Beautiful. Uh, the healing center kind of idea? Healing
1: center kind of idea, ceremonies, mm. uh, retreat center. There's a beautiful retreat center there currently that okay. is just getting its legs and... Um, you know, maybe doing some partner work with them. Mm.
2: They,
1: they invite in a lot of the traditional plant medicines that are local to the area and, um, and and yeah, just, they bring in a lot of really beautiful healers from all over the, all over the world. So, yeah.
0: Wow. Well, I'm excited to, uh, come to Puerto Morelos. Yes. I would love to venture (laughs) there. I love, you know, Mexico is one of my favorite places Mm -hmm. in the world. Uh, growing up in Texas, we dipped over to Mexico quite a bit. <clears throat> more in the partying sense, you know, back in those days. But, you know, since, uh, you know, I've gotten a little bit older, finding those little gem spots where it's, you're, you, you're so embraced by the community that's there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and you, it, once you find your way of giving back to the community as well, and where you feel a part of that community, right? like it's such a beautiful embrace. We, uh, we found, uh, this little spot called Yalapa, uh, mm-hmm. It's right outside of Puerto Vallarta and you have to, you can only get there by a boat. So it's like a 45 minute boat ride, a little peninsula town. It's super sleepy. I think it's 2000 people max. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no motorized vehicles on there at all. Um, and it's just horses, you know, and, and it's so goddamn beautiful. And right. there's a, there's a, a yoga center there. There's a, a couple little healing centers that uh, where they do retreats and things like that, but it's mainly just, you know, a little touristy stuff. And there's, you know, the, the base group of people, but God, man, like those little areas, yeah. you know, as soon as you walk in, you're like, I am home. I don't know why I've never been here or why I'm going to leave, but I'm here. It
1: felt like home. That's yeah. a beautiful description. And I didn't have experience in Mexico outside of my partying years. Mm, okay. So I had been to Cabo three times yep. and Puerto Puerto Vallarta, Puerto, yep. Puerto Vallarta once and all drinking days. Yep. And, and so this was my first time going, um, just a different sense of adventure.
2: Yeah.
1: And and there was a little bit of, you know, fear. You hear whatever people's judgments are of foreign countries mm-hmm. and fear of dietary restrictions. Yeah. COVID was happening, is happening. Um, so there was all of those noises that had established themselves in my person when I flew down there. And they were all wiped out so quickly. You just felt...
0: Home. Mm. yeah love that we
1: cannot wait to go back
0: ah so cool yeah hell yeah and you uh you said you've uh you've amassed some tools and some skills on your their journeys yeah um, <laughs> so before we get to that tulum i've i've recently i've always heard of tulum mm-hmm. uh, but recently uh i didn't know tulum was such a, like a healing center and like just there's so many like cool like just like sound healing that's happening down there the festivals that go on down there now um i did that totally kind of like took me by storm I'm like oh i didn't even realize that was this big center down there i
1: didn't either actually okay um my first experience of tulum was a high school friend went and she posted it on her instagram and this was probably six years ago okay and tulum has been on my radar ever since <clears throat> it is um i guess you know i wasn't there before but it has changed and okay. so it's very populated and um saturated okay and i probably won't go back to tulum okay yeah but it, it opened up a lot of doors for me and a ton of networking and a ton of connections. Yeah. And so it was a great place to kind of be my launching pad, I would say. All right. That took me off to all the smaller places that felt like home.
0: Okay, I can feel that. Yeah. So a good central point to like meet some people, yes. get the feet wet, uh, and, and then, then from there just beautiful like some people. Out. Cool. Met
1: some beautiful people and did a lot of fun things. My partner and I really started to dial in our acro yoga skills, oh, you yeah. know? And, and that was fun. Like, how can we invite in this three letter word? And we yeah. just. We did. We had a lot of fun. And there is always opportunity to work down there. You know you can get a sound healing gig. You know you can teach yoga. Hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So there, there's opportunity there as opposed to starting from scratch somewhere. Like right. in Puerto Morales, be starting from scratch. Yep. But I love the challenge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think
0: you know, it, it's something like that where you start from scratch, and mm-hmm. you're you're very intimately involved with building that community. Yeah. And with the right, you know, the right heart and the right kind of ideas, like it's just uh, that that would be such a beautiful undertaking to to be a part of. Yeah. You know.
1: And you won't save any money in Tulum. So. I uh,
0: that's that's why I've heard it's very. The rent was
1: like as if we were back in Seattle. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah. But it served its purpose yeah. and I have a lot of gratitude for Tulum and a lot of, like I said, a lot of beautiful things happened in Tulum. Good. Yeah.
0: Very cool. So what, uh, so you took the bowls with you mm-hmm. and then, uh, and you've already, I mean, you're already thirsty for knowledge. So I can only imagine like what cool things that you've, uh, you've been encountered with down, down, down in this journey. But, you know, what are some of the highlights of uh, some of the things that you've, some of the knowledge that you gained and some of the, the things that you now added into your practice?
1: Right. Yeah. I would say. One of the biggest transformations I made on this ju- on this journey, well, two. So there were definitely two transformations. One was the willingness to use my voice mm. and to really activate the the sounds. You know, the toning and the chanting and all the things that I've been too embarrassed to do because I can't carry a note. Okay. You know, and so I'm I would like would never stand above my client in Washington and chant and tone. It, it would confuse them. They would be weirded out, right? I would be weird. And and these were all just judgments I was casting on myself. But just now before this podcast, you chanted and toned over me and I just felt like I was dancing in this unison. I was with you with it. Mm. You know, I didn't know what sounds were gonna come out of you, but I felt like I was part of it. And that's what I've really learned down there. And so I've been guiding people to use their voices in my ceremonies now. And it is so Uncomfortable. Mm. It is so uncomfortable for people. Again, the judgment, right. and it, it always boils down to what are people going to think of me, right? Yes. Not, not even what do I think of myself. It's how am I going to be perceived? How am I going to be seen and heard? Yep. And our voices—they carry story. You know, mm-hmm. we just talked about story, and it's like if we all just use our voices. And just see, it's like the, the, we create the universe, like universe, one verse. We create this just one portal of magic. And, yeah. and you can see when people let go and let go and let go. And then their chanting gets louder and louder. And then they start to have their out-of-body experience. And then they start to have their medicine, their own vocal medicine, mm-hmm. course through their veins. I mean, I'm like lit up right now because it really, it transformed me. But watching the transformation in others by just the sound of your own voice, right. yeah. it's in us already. I mean, I know this is probably how breathwork facilitators feel. Like you can literally give yourself this euphoric sensation by your own breath. Well, we can do it with our own voice right. too.
2: we're our own healers. And I'm
1: nowhere near, you know, one a, a, like a top vocal here by any sense of the means. All it is is I have a willingness now to use my voice. Yes. And I have a willingness now to guide people, to help them to do the same.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, that's been really good for me.
0: Yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm so happy to hear you say that. I I went through, or I'm going through stage fright right now. Mm. Um, and so in my 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 past, I uh, I've been a musician my entire life, and whatever definition you want to say, I'm not like up there performing and shit. But I you know played musical instruments uh, for a small time. I was in bands uh, in down in Texas, and I was on stage performing shows and all this stuff. Never on like a big scale, but you know I was up there. Uh, but over the years, I've just, I've kind of settled into this stage fright kind of idea of where, like, I still play the guitar, I still sing, but I just do it for myself. I mm-hmm. won't even really sing for Monica, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's for me. And, you know, part of me, I, I, I've made up this story in my head that says that I used to be a, a performer in a past life mm-hmm. and I'm just so sick of it because <laughs> I've just been, you know, I'm just like a monkey on a stage, you know, like play monkey sing. And it's like, I'm done with that shit in this life. So I'm just like withholding all of that. But with that too, like I'm noticing, I'm, I'm, I'm now knowing that we need to, we need to be proud of the gifts that we have and not feel like we're boasting about the gifts that we have, but utilizing those gifts. Yeah. So that's been a journey for myself. So for me to be able to stand over you and chant now, that's, you know, it's, it's the, the way that I'm starting to get past my stage fright. You know, you're not looking at me, Mm -hmm. you know, you're in your own peaceful trance state um, you know, so it's a way for me to still find a way to find my voice around other people without the fear of judgment. Right. And so that's been my, my kind of like stepping, dipping a toe back into, um, let me use my voice. Let me u- utilize the gifts that I have and, and, uh, and try to, cause you know, we're, we all, we're gifted these, these, these abilities for a reason. And I'm now realizing that tonal chanting Mm -hmm. and kirtan and things like that, that Mm -hmm. are now, uh, you know, I have this voice for a reason, you know, and, and, and I'm not going to be up there like John Bon Jovi singing, living on a prayer, but you know, I can help you live your own prayer. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, 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 hey,
1: that was, that's going to be the punchline of the, (laughs) but you know, that's the, that's the one liner. That's the kind of one liner that changes people's lives. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I guess I just need to step back a little bit to tell you about number two. Yes, I said there were two things. When I went to Mexico, I went with an intention to find a healer mm. because oh, I have. I, I knew
2: that. Yeah, okay. I have
1: struggled with you know my own um, body image and body love, right. self acceptance, all of those things around this physical body. I have robbed myself of so much time, and I'm not going to get into shame or anything like that. It's just I'm just stating facts. I've robbed myself of so much time hating this body and suffering through probably my own manifested like intestinal disorders, right? Around because there was just no self love. So I do my own Reiki on myself. I do my own sound on myself. I receive, receive, receive acupuncture, anything, seeking, 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 seeking. And I went to Mexico seeking and I was called out on this and I got really pissed because Mm. it was the truth, right? It's what I was doing. I was seeking like the fix it button Mm. and it was in a ecstatic dance when I moved my body and I realized that I am my own medicine Mm. and that I am my own healer on a capacity that I never comprehended or I just wasn't ready to understand yet because obviously I'm my my own healer if I'm doing Reiki on myself, right? But it wasn't producing the same results. And I started to move big, mm. and move in any way it wanted to, again, releasing any fear of being watched, seen, judged. And it was out-of-body magic, whatever word you want to use, transformational. And from that point forward, I was dancing, and I was dancing. And now I, I really guide people through this embodiment movement in my ceremonies as well. Mm. And just to be okay to take up space and to be okay to be big. And you can see the ripple effect. When you have this willingness to just let loose hmm. other people, again, it, like when you hear them um, amplifying the volume of their voice and chanting, and then you start you see them going from a small sway to like rolling on the floor, yeah, you know? right,
2: yeah, yeah. So
1: voice and, and body movement... Um, Brought me home to a a sense of goddessness that I just hadn't really tapped into yet. Yeah. And now it's like, watch out world, here I am. Yeah.
0: So those, so with the voice and the body was movement, were those things, so you went down there searching for a healer, Mm -hmm. you found healing, right, through those things. Was that taught to you by a specific person or was that just like, as you were in those movements, you're like, oh my God, this is that, this is my healing I was looking for.
1: Right. It was not taught, but what it was, the space was provided. Mm. The container was safe. Okay. Um, one of my probably biggest, like, you know, and, and I use this word in Tantra, and this isn't the Western definition of Tantra. This is like the energy, right? One of my biggest, like, orgasmic dance experiences where mm. I'm fully out of ego and completely connected with Source was at the Tantra Festival um, mm. in, in a dark, it was, the room was dark and everyone got to have their own space, and you could just move however you wanted to. And that was probably when I just really jumped out of my ego body and and was able to move that way. Yeah. And we can talk about bodies. I, I also did a retreat in Guatemala. <clears throat> that that it was life-changing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Hey, we got nothing but time, We yeah. can <laughs> talk about whatever you want to talk well, about. Well,
1: so these things were then, yeah. because I was ready, presented to me at a women's retreat in Guatemala – Around body love, mm-hmm. and the the concept was to um, release your shit, yes. <laughs> rise above it, and then rewild yourself.
0: Rewild yourself. Rewild. I love and that so term.
1: We're not only dealing with like body image dysmorphia and all those things that so many people, not even just women, just people are riddled with. Mm-hmm. Um, was can you can you be okay in this body, however it looks, and Can you be okay with the food you're ingesting? So mindful eating, silent, silent eating, which is so triggering when you have eating disorders. Oh, my gosh. So I got to work through that. Okay. And um, we were naked the majority of the time. Okay. Can you be okay with the way that your stomach pushes out after a big meal and now you're bloated? Wow. Can you be okay with that? Yeah. You know, and then the chanting... um, and the, and then the dancing and whatnot. So that all suddenly was wrapped up in a package and presented to me. And had I not done that work prior, I don't think I would have been ready for this retreat because it, it changed my life. Yeah.
0: How long was yeah. the retreat?
1: It was 10 days. Wow.
0: That's a long time. It was a long time. Okay. That's
1: a lot of meals in silence. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and Naked a lot of meals
0: in silence. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of naked meals in silence, and that was another one where you really start started to see the women just become more comfortable and more comfortable and more comfortable. Mm. Um, and it was at that retreat where I participated in in a drum healing ceremony that was so transform transformative mm-hmm. that I do offer it now.
2: Oh, right. So on. you
1: asked if it was something I teached or or sorry, something I was taught, something I learned. This was one where I was a participant, and it was um, impactful enough that I now am carrying it forward. I love that. Yeah,
0: very cool. Wow. Um, so, ten days in Guatemala with a bunch of women mm-hmm. exploring your bodies, exploring yeah. the the vulnerability that you that you hold and the the triggers that are there. Right. <clears throat> wow. That's uh, man. That's some deep work.
1: It was deep. Yeah. Deep work. <laughs>
0: How many... Uh, was it a big group?
1: There were... Oh, gosh. Maybe 12.
0: Okay. So, nice, intimate, small group. Yeah. Small. Oh. So, you got
1: really close <sighs> with everyone. These are just life, lifetime sisters. Definitely. Lifetime Definitely. sisters. And um, and that retreat is where I embodied a, a name okay. for myself. Mm. And a name that I'm going to turn into, into my business. Okay. Um, but I had... I'm like stumbling over my words here because it's such a beautiful story. Um, but the name had been delivered to me two times prior. Mm. And both times, it was a complete opportunity for me to give, receive the guidance and to share my name. Okay. And I chose a different name both times. Mm. And at this retreat, we were asked to embody a name, and it was delivered for the third time, and I finally stopped, like, you know, thinking it couldn't be it or it was too out there or whatever, and it's Naraya, Ah, Naraya, Yes. And it is so beautiful, and it makes me feel really fucking powerful. All right. And the idea behind it, though, that I'm embodying is this Neraya is also a way of being. Mm. It is a way to remember the release. It's a way to remember the rise. It's a way to remember the rewilding and, and who we are, the sacredness, the sovereignness that we are, the power of the divine feminine, mm. right? Um, and, and we have both feminine and masculine. So when I say divine feminine, well, it's for people that you know relate as men or males as yeah, well.
0: Most definitely..
1: Um, and it's a way to, to choose the tantra, to choose the orgasmic way of living, the joy, to choose the joy, to choose the fun. And so it's it's a name, and it's how my sisters refer to me, and it's the only way they call me, you know, from Guatemala. Um, but it's also Naraya is the name of my brand that I will be creating for my international offerings. Love and that. it is also like the lifestyle that I'm going to, like, I am Naraya, you are Naraya. And it, it's, uh, it's so, so in the work still, wow. but it's so real and raw and raunchy in me that yeah. I know like this is what it is.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I remember I, when you sent over our, our document, you you mentioned that name and I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to hear about Naraya. Yeah. Oh man. And so is there, do you know the origin of the name?
1: Um, when I looked it up it, it was it said the um eternal goddess of the sun mm. or eternal goddess of light. And you hear Narayan, Sat Narayan, you know, in, in Kundalini, and in Kirtan and Mantra. Yeah. And um so I just decided I'll kind of make up my own thing. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well and especially yeah. if 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 this if this message has been given to you three times, three times, then yeah, you're this is yeah you're you're doing what you need to be doing.
1: Yeah, it um, you know, and even if if the definition truly is goddess of the light, right? That's so applicable to like our own inner light, mm-hmm. you know. However, however you want to interpret it, yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, we get too caught up on like masculine feminine, you know, like you said, we embody both. Mm -hmm. Uh, For myself, I've been very masculine most of my life and Mm -hmm. I'm working on my divine feminine and ushering that in and through, you know, the energy work that I do and the meditations that I hold and even the medicines that I take. Um... You know, the last, I, I talked to you a little bit about my, life, about my last plant medicine journey. And, uh, part of that was to embrace all of the divine feminine that were in my life, mm. um, that were no longer in my life and in the relationship side, you know, and it was accepting, accepting the lessons that were taught to me from these beautiful people and accepting also the fact that although they didn't work out, um, it wasn't anybody's fault, and there were beautiful lessons learned, and that was the reason why those relationships happened. Right. You know, so embracing all of that, you know, and it's, it's, it, it was such a beautiful movement uh, for me because I, I do hold a, we talked a little bit about this beforehand, but I, I hold a lot of shame, um, that I've been working on, and I, and I'm, I'm trying to find places for it and understand why that shame is there and what the lesson is from the, the, the feeling of shame and rewiring that into something more, more useful to myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there, there, there has been a lot of shame around, you know, the, the past relationships that I've been in and not showing up the way I want to and drugs and alcohol related and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, with this new mentality that I'm in now, I've, I've, I've reached out in the past and, and actually even ended those, those relationships in a positive way. Um, but you know we've we've you know reconciled since then but that movement that i had a couple of weeks ago was just very comforting to me <clears throat> in my own personal journey that didn't need to involve anybody else i didn't need to pick up the phone and rehash anything and be like hey i'm sorry again mm-hmm. but it was finally a deep understanding of the path that i walked and the forgiveness that i have for myself
1: oh forgiveness keyword
0: forgiveness it really was and i bawled as Mm -hmm. soon as i as soon as i realized that i was i was i was apologizing i was apologizing i was apologizing and that i needed to just forgive myself Mm -hmm. that's when the tears like i was like it just it all happened and it was beautiful
1: i think that that is often the like the last thing it's like the one thing that we forget about you know it's all about Forgiving others, but I feel like that's the last thing for me that really solidifies or or ties in the healing or the the journey or mm-hmm. whatnot is is coming back to self forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm really good about beating myself up. Yeah. Like, I'm me too. really good about it's being exhausting. a dick to myself. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, so that, that self forgiveness and the the consciousness of the self forgiveness. Right. Um is it's it's more it's so much more therapeutic than i'd ever imagined uh, you know just telling yourself yeah okay w- w- we forgive ourselves but it's more of a more of just like i'm going to just push this down to somewhere i don't have to deal with it right now yeah but that real like honest forgiveness and that you, you i mean you feel it release in your body it's like yeah. you you get lighter and and you just like there's like tethering that that comes unbound and it just it, it is a it's this big process that it's it's so freeing to to really truly forgive yourself for something that that you're you're not your experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, those those are part of us in a way because they they help us um, understand what's right and wrong within our own moral values and our own moral compass. <clears throat> but you know something i did 15 20 years ago hell something i did yesterday you know i have a new mentality today than i did yesterday and if i can look at that and say okay this is what i did yesterday and i'm not proud of that but this is a lesson i learned and i'm i've reconciled that i have no reason to continue that process of shame mm-hmm. right it's not going to do anybody any good it's except serving just serving anyone not at all it's just making me an asshole and then it's going to make the people around me an asshole because they're just going to feed off my dickish energy right you know right. so you know get ourselves right into a place that we're proud of and then put yourself out there
1: I think the part that is still a work in progress for me is the the what's next, mm. the after. Okay, so I've done the self-forgiveness. I've had these major epiphanies. I've had these cracking opens. And I've used the word embodiment a bit on this podcast already, but I just truly feel like I'm really working to embody all these changes in my life. Yeah. And so I've done the forgiveness. Now what? What's next? Can I embody the lifestyle with the forgiveness? Right. You know, I... I can do all these beautiful things but if I just go back to old behaviors then it's like what what was the point it didn't right. even happen um I can say that I have embodied what I've learned around the 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 food and the body image in Guatemala probably more so you know than any of my other big woes in life like I have literally have moved forward and I am living differently good you know yeah. and I can say I mean I got sober so I'm obviously moving forward and living differently but the the body image, that happened well before you know drugs and alcohol came into the picture and right. so um, but yeah so if we're gonna do all this beautiful work, well can we still can we actually then live it as our truth You're right Can we rewrite our story right? Yeah. And it, of course, if we falter, then you just choose again and, and whatnot. You try again and you don't reinvite in the shame and whatnot. But I would say the actual moving forward in the new truth is something I have to constantly like refer back to. Yeah.
0: And that I I think that, that helps us reaffirm that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Is that, you know, like I've I have a good friend of mine, Robin, that challenges me a lot mm. in the esotericness of the life that I hold. And in, in the beginning, it kind of annoyed me because I'm like, just, you know, stop it. Stop pushing the buttons, poking the bear. But now, you know, I can calmly retort to his uh, somewhat abrasiveness, you know, his condescending kind of tone in a loving way. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, I know he means well and he's just... He's interested in, in the the knowledge, but you know he's used to exploring that interest in a very passive aggressive kind of condescending tone. Mm. And so now, when I'm able to show up and answer his question in a uh, in a in a very positive way. Um, adding my own little smatterings of dickishness back, you know, just because <laughs> right. it's comedic, you know, because it's
1: who we are. <laughs> exactly.
0: Right. Uh, but, you know, it really helps me understand that I know the knowledge that I have, and then I believe the knowledge that I have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we falter through those things, those past life stuff or that past emotional stuff that we've dealt with, when we find ourselves tiptoeing back into those areas, you know, utilizing the skills that we have to, to get back into this place that we're proud of, and again, not beating ourselves up for being in that place, you know, we, it's you know we're we're gifted those tools for a reason we need to use them you know Mm -hmm. and so we're using those tools that we have to pull ourselves out of that shit be back into this place that we're proud of and continue to move forward right you know and it's it's a faltering you know it goes back and forth but I think you know as we go back and forth where it's it's kind of like working out You're, you're strengthening those muscles you're strengthening those skills those tools so that you can utilize them better but then also in a case like yourself teach them Teach, you know, them. teach them on how to 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 utilize those with other people,
1: right. You know, And the teaching part is crucial. Mm. Uh, we are all teachers. and And then there's that saying, we teach what we need to learn. Which is great. So you're always practicing, right? right? <laughs> if you, I feel like you're doing the world a disservice if you hold yourself back until you think you're ready to teach. Mm. When really, you're going to be learning and teaching and transforming all along the way and changing lives and impacting people who are then going to like learn new shit about themselves and teach it and learn it and practice it and preach it. Yes. And so. I don't really know where I was going with that, to be I, honest. No, but. <laughs> that, I, if, if
0: anything, that statement on its own should just stand yeah. because I, I 100% agree. I'm a very systematic person. And uh, one of the things right now is I'm working on it's a book, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, And I'm so systematic oriented that I'm not starting this until I have a system, but I can't establish a system until I start, right? Yes. And so, you know, you, you, we're, we're in our self, it's like a self deprivating cycle, you know, if like, I'm not going to do it, because I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm not going to know what I'm doing until I start doing it. Yeah, right. And so we need to just do shit sometimes and figure it out of what's going to work, what's just not going to work. Figure it out. Right. Yeah. You and know? it's
1: okay, if you falter or fail, if you want to use that word. You know, we obviously have this inherent perfect perfectness perfectionist right. about us that's just who we are but in this ego world like if you're not perfect are you okay with that
2: mm-hmm.
1: can you learn from your mistakes and or mistakes can you learn from the things that didn't work and transform it into something that does right can you just trust that it's all? happening exactly the way that it's supposed to. Right. Somehow, some way.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I, I had a boss tell me one time, I'd rather hire somebody that's failed a thousand times than somebody that's never failed once. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you, you learn so much from the failures. Yeah. And and I'm going to use this as an analogy and, and not because I, I promote religion or anything, but I, I just see a correlation between like, you know, a lot of people say religion has failed, Right. Uh, religion has failed because there's, um, you know, for whatever reason there's wars around religion, there's, uh, there's, uh, child abuse around religion. There's all these things that are negative around religion, but we haven't really seen the full scope of how religion is going to play out. We've only seen it for a couple thousand years. And again, I'm not advocating religion. I personally don't believe in organized religion as, as something that fits with my practice. But I think to, to, you know, look at something that hasn't even lived its full life and just say it's a failure right? That's, that's not giving that enough credit, mm-hmm. right? And so the same thing with us, you know, we, we're seeing a little snapshot of the abilities that we have. And, and yes, when we start using these abilities, it's going to be cumbersome. We're going to trip on our faces. We're going to, you know, say shit we don't mean. We're going to accidentally, you know, do something that's out of line with whatever thing we're doing. But it's part of that learning process to get you better understanding of the thing that you're trying to encompass, whether it's a skill, whether it's an energy, whatever it is, so that, you know, day one is awkward as shit, day two a little bit better. Day a thousand, man, you're doing some really powerful things. Doing
1: some really right? powerful but things. But you can't get to that
0: day thousand until you've taken that first couple steps.
1: Exactly. And the first step is always the hardest. Super it's the weird. Scariest. You have to like, you know, be willing to be vulnerable
2: mm-hmm.
1: however you want to define that word. And you said we learn so much from our failures. We learn so much too from our vulnerabilities. Right. If you are if you can crack yourself open and just humble yourself you know, the, the amount of feedback you're going to get is probably most likely going to be more positive than not.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. You'll be held in that loving. (laughs) You'll be held. Most definitely. You'll be,
1: and that's, oh gosh, that word right there, you'll be held. This was also what happened to me in Mexico was I was held in a way of, in, in a community where I could go through this deep, dark work, beautiful work. I said dark, but it, it was really actually quite beautiful. Um, because I wanted it so bad, you know. So yeah. I'm like, Yay, I'm yeah. doing the work. <laughs> but we were held. We were not alone. There was there was no feeling of separateness. Mm. You know, you could go to these festivals or you could be in this group of twelve women where you all looked radically different, but there was no separateness. Right. You know, and and that comes with the the failure, that comes with the the vulnerability, that comes with support, the being held, the love. Mm-hmm. All these beautiful words that I wish were being thrown around a lot more. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, most definitely. I uh, so quick little, and you'll you'll find this amusing uh, as I start to tell the story. But um, so it, it the 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 journey of that first step of being awkward to that thousand step being a little more little more put together. Uh, you were the very first person to to perform Reiki on me, mm. right? And it was uh, we were at your shop or that the, the space that you held over in Kirkland. <clears throat> and, uh, and I, you know, we'd known each other for a while now and I knew that you were taking that journey into Reiki and I was, it was something I was interested in, but I hadn't taken the steps yet. And, uh, and so part of my journey was I'm going to get Reiki. If I think that I should be a Reiki practitioner, I should start getting Reiki. And so I, we, we had our session and, uh, and I we had the intake and we sat and you led me through this, uh, this, uh, regression, um, uh, therapy. It was beautiful. i breathed breathe through it, you know, talk to my, my past self. And then, uh, and again, but I'm I'm very ignorant to the, the practice of Reiki. Had plenty of massage, but never Reiki. And so we do the intake stuff. You do the past, you know, go through some of the child stuff. And then, uh, okay, then you're like, okay, get on the table. And I was like, cool. And I start taking my clothes off. And you're like, that's not how we do Reiki. And I'm like... <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. Appreciate that. You can leave your Keep clothes, my clothes on. <laughs> on. Just get right under the covers, clothes on. Got it. Understood. <laughs> Not a massage. Understood. And you know that could have been like in the past, Adam. That would have been traumatizing. Oh. That probably would have been like, oh, I'm just going to awkwardly leave because mm. I just embarrassed myself and somebody else. Uh, but no, you know what? No, I'm here for a purpose. I'm here mm. for a reason. Get under those covers. Ex- you know, receive the reiki. And uh, and from there, you know, now, you know, thousand days later, now yeah. I'm reiki practitioner and all this stuff. So. You know, it's yeah. We, we you know we sh- we don't always show up the way that we really want to, but it's not always malicious. Right. It's not always you know we. It's not. It's just embarrassing, you know. It's and once so, we can find our way to get past our own embarrassment,
1: yeah. And when, again, when you get out of your own way, it's so beautiful to hear your side of the story on that because your session was very powerful. I, phew, and so moving. even though you had a moment of embarrassment. And ego was like, "Whoa, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. eject, 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 yeah. get out." You didn't. You got on the table, and you and you were able to move forward from that. Yeah. You like, you could leave that. That happened. Now here I am. Here I am.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not there anymore. And here I am on the table. And you let that reiki in, right? Because I, I remember that that session you know and it, it's funny because i actually don't remember you taking your shirt off i specifically remember the time i had an nfl player and he took his shirt off i'm like you can keep it off if you want <laughs> <laughs> so it's just and it's so it's funny what we remember
0: totally oh yeah, yeah. Like, i might be a little distracted but you can keep that
1: off yeah you. <laughs> he was fun yeah uh, he was a fun client yeah
0: Yeah, you know, and if I, in the past, you know, like I said, I would have just, you know, been embarrassed and walked away. But, you know, that's, that's, I was there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, and even though I didn't realize it at the time, that was part of my journey was to put my ego aside, embrace the, the, the healing of the reason that I was there and to move forward with that. Yeah. And, you know, my ego has been a very, very loud person in my life for a long time. And, uh, and I, and I worked a lot for, you know, worked a lot with trying to eradicate the ego, you know, as we talk about in, in Kundalini and we, you know, push the ego aside. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what I found worked for me is embracing my ego yes and, and yes. loving him and loving that person. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, actually through that, it's, it's led me to an idea for a book that I can't really talk about now because it's still an idea, mm-hmm. not an actual book. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's again, like. I embraced something that I was kind of disgusted with once I found out that that was that person, that ego. Uh, but as I embraced that that side of me, these new ideas started to flourish and yeah. this new understanding of life started to come into play. And so you know it's like I yeah, we can push away all we want. <clears throat> I don't like that part of me, so I'm just gonna ignore it or push mm-hmm. it away. But that part of you is there for a reason, like embrace that part of you and see where that part of you fits in. And if it's toxic, you can find a way to, to, to deal with that. But a lot of what we feel is toxic is just disagreement with where we think we should be right now. If your toxicness is telling you to be a pedophile, yes, work on that. Don't do that. Don't embrace that. But the ego, the, the, you know, that, that sometimes negative side that we see isn't really negative, it's just so stuck into its own ways of mm-hmm. trying to keep you safe in its own personal way yes. that it doesn't see that you're trying to better yourself. It's just trying to keep you safe.
1: I, I have really have reestablished my relationship with ego as well. And you're right, like I, I, I practice Kundalini and there's the ego eradicator and then you hear all these, you know, uh, kill the ego, kill the ego. Right. But really, like you said, it's holding us into what it knows. It's holding us into what it deems safe, Mm -hmm. how we maybe have been conditioned to feel safe. But the ego, to me, is almost like my true north. Like it is my guiding light to steer me back to love. Every time I am an eagle, I have an, an ego Eagle is my spirit I was about to say your spirit (laughs) animal
0: is eagle, so you're right (laughs) on track. (laughs) Every time I have an
1: ego moment, it is an opportunity to choose love instead. Mm. And so every time I have an ego moment, it's an opportunity to create a miracle over and over and over again. In that case, it should be celebrated. Thank goodness I have an ego. Otherwise, would I so consciously be choosing love and so consciously be choosing my miracle all the time? Right, yeah. You know, and like we talked about earlier, sometimes we get stuck in it longer. Body image issues come up. I throw super long temper tantrums. I'm an asshole. Like, absolutely. Right. It's all part of the experience. All part of the balance. Yep. Um, and it's just the red flag to choose again. Hmm. Just to choose again. So every
0: second you get a chance to choose. Always. Every second.
1: We we have. It's like we think that control is an illusion to keep us safe or control is an illusion to keep us safe. And I said we, that I should have said I. But um, really, we do have that kind of control. We literally get to choose again mm-hmm. on our own free will at any point of the day, at any time. Yeah. As many times as it takes. No one can take that away from us.
0: Yes. So now that you're back, mm-hmm. uh, what is your so you're you're amassing these tools that you've that you've gained this knowledge, this uh, embodiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, before we move to that, let's talk about embodiment because you've like you said you mentioned that quite a bit, and that seems to be um, just a very strong uh, idea that you're working with right now. And uh, so how do how does that work with your your practice that you're coming back into?
1: The way that it lands for me is how I want to show up in this world. You know, and so embodying, um, well, tools, right? Embodying the tools is kind of like I've got my tool bag, but if I can walk throughout my day in peace, or if I can walk throughout my day and experience joy and and love, then I truly feel like I've embodied all of these things, you know, that I'm that I've been practicing and learning and teaching.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but without any expectations to do it perfectly. Because since I've been back, I have experienced tremendous amount of fear. Yeah. I have definitely, you know, gone into old stories of not being good enough and um, not doing enough or whatever it might be. Body image stuff has come back up. That one surprised me. It came back hard the other day and I was like, whoa, where okay. did that come from? But I recognize it. I have not been embodying my practice, all my practices, you know, my tools and whatnot. But I, I when I say it, I really think of it as a way of being and and for me for me personally, my journey is peace, mm. inner peace and quieting the noise in my brain and in my head so that my body just stays relaxed and healthy and cared for and strong enough to go Continue doing all these things that I love to do, and then to show up in the world the way that I want to show up. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. I uh, I resonate a lot with that. Um, I've uh, I, I didn't put the word embodiment to it, um, but that's uh, that's been a strong path for myself too. Um, really, you know, it's uh, a lot of it's imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. so once I realized that I've you know corporate Adam is is, is seeing, uh, this new step as an imposter, <clears throat> um, the, the help that I have now, thank you for giving me a vocabulary to put to it, but that embodiment, like I, I, I really trust who I am and oh, I trust that I'm moving in this direction steps. for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, and that trust and uh, that trust of the skills and that trust, it's, it's, it's like working out. You know, and it's it's strengthening those those intuitive muscles that I've that I've abandoned for a very long time, and so as I embody myself and as I as I trust and I create that that, that understanding of these these are the gifts that I've been gifted and that I'm not boasting by utilizing them. I'm 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 giving life to uh, to a skill that was that was blessed to me for some reason, um, and through that I'm I'm, I'm finding help. You know, yeah. help for others help for myself um and and that is that's true embodiment for me you right. know and that's in uh, again like I didn't ever really put a word to it so thank you for that
1: yeah and I, I really like um, that you threw in the word trust because that's definitely a key word in it so thank you for adding to it um and to to keep it simple for instance like you know I embodied one of those ceremony offerings in Guatemala so profoundly that I trusted myself enough to guide it as soon as I got back to Tulum, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I did, and it was amazing for me and amazing for the participants. Yeah. And so. that,
0: that's super powerful. Cause I know how I've experienced some of those things, like mm-hmm. not that experience exactly, but you know, there's been times where like, <clears throat> say I'm in a yoga class <clears throat> and being a yoga teacher, you know as much as I'm a student I'm always still paying attention and there's sometimes where like I'll be put through a sequence or a flow that I'm like oh my god that was fantastic oh my that was amazing and then let's say 30 minutes later at the end of class I'm in Shavasana I'm like I have no idea what just happened to me I have no idea what that was (laughs) I know I liked something a while back but I've I have no idea. Maybe I'll ask the teacher later. Yeah. But so to be so impacted by a practice that you embodied it while you were practicing it, but then also absorbed it enough to be able to teach it. Yeah. Like that's powerful. That's right. super powerful.
1: And who knows, you know, if that sequence, if if you absorbed it in the moment, it changed you in the moment. Yes. You changed your cellular like blueprint in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so moving forward, if that sequence is called from you. It will show itself. I yes. totally believe that.
0: I thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was uh, I read something a while back. I can't remember who said it, but uh, paraphrasing basically is that um, the thing that you read that made such an impact to you, let's say years ago, that you can't recall verbatim. To, to help get the point across that you're trying to make now doesn't mean that that, that passage didn't impact you. It didn't change who you were at the time you read it. And as somebody that reads a shit ton myself, like I've searched so many times in my head for that perfect word or that perfect phrase or that quote that from that book and the thing. And I used to get so beat up and I'm like, ah, shit, I read it. I should know it. But you know, like, that thing made such an impact that not only do I I don't remember it, mm-hmm. but I embodied it when it happened.
1: Yep. Right.
0: And that's a, that's a, again, thanks for vocabulary. Yep. So I've I embodied that that emotion, that that passage. It landed so beautifully that it just became part of my philosophy.
1: Exactly. Right.
0: I don't need to verbatim word it, right? You I don't just, need to
1: be able to regurgitate it.
0: Exactly. It's there for me. You but know? you're living it. Yep. You've
1: embodied yeah.
0: Yeah. And I yeah, I I qu- Constantly, constantly. So much so that I have three lists now on my phone of quotes from books that I love that I can never really find, even though I have lists now because they're just because the lists, lists are probably
1: so long,
0: <laughs> so long. Oh my God, yeah. yeah, so long that I've ran out of memory. I had to create new lists. Yeah,
1: so. I am definitely, you know, I I love to be um, in in the presence of people sharing, specifically their truth. When people are just in a complete like sharing their truth moment, but in a yoga class uh as as an example of another where I love to be around people that are speaking or in a in an AA meeting when people are speaking or a choose again meeting and then all of a sudden you hear what you need to hear or you just have that you know ah like oh that was good mm-hmm. right but then the meeting goes on or the yoga class goes on i do feel like that sticks with us you know and and then um if it lands and if it resonates then it c- perhaps becomes something that you teach or becomes something that then you share.
2: Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. Like little sponges. Oh,
2: my God. I'm yeah. a master
1: highlighter. Like, I love to highlight things, and I think I'm going to refer back to them, and I don't. And it turns out they're just there. Like, like I said, if I need to refer to it, it will come. Yes. And maybe it'll be like the word order will be different or something. Yeah, but Not you'll get the point, point across. But the point will. And we'll pull out what we already have within us from other things that we've embodied or other things that we've we've in our own inner knowingness and maybe we'll transform it or enhance the package.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that knowing there's a, there's a term I was introduced to recently. It's a uh, knowing with a G. So G N O W I N G. And that's an mm. in, intrinsic knowing that you can't explain. Mm. And, and when you start to, to, to link these philosophical ideas that we start to embrace metaphysical, spiritual, conceptual ideas, Sometimes we like we don't really know how they link together, but we do know. Like we know with that G, you know, we know that this concept links with this concept, which manifests this other concept. And you know, the more we can mull about it and talk about it with friends and like-minded people and even non-like-minded people, so we can help strengthen Different our understanding. Yeah, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that really starts to flush out some of that stuff that we just intrinsically kind of know, but we we have a hard time expressing now we got now we have an opportunity to find a way to express that love it yeah
1: and now that you know we're brave and we're using our voices perhaps we aren't going to express it in words but we're going to express it in tones or chants and then perhaps we're not going to express it in tones or chants but we're going to express it in how we move our body all of that is the same language
0: yes i uh i think i was listening to an aubrey marcus podcast the other day and he had mentioned the the quote that i love and he said the uh the greatest obstacle of the poet are words. <laughs> you know? Well,
1: isn't that the truth? <laughs> I know, right?
0: You can just look at a thing and absorb how it feels and how it makes you feel and all the beauty of it, but then try to explain that experience to somebody else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I'll have uh, Terrence McKenna, a big, big uh, psychedelic thinker from like the 60s. He had the, uh, I don't know if he pioneered the stoned ape idea, but he was a very big proponent of it. Of uh, when we were hunters and gatherers, you know, when uh, we were just walking around and there's there a mushroom, I'm gonna pick that up and eat it. Oh, I didn't die. I actually saw some cool <laughs> shit, right? Um, so just like thinking about like how these these cumbersome words that we try to put to these beautiful experiences, right? And I've you know had my my fair share of psychedelics and still you know still journey with plant medicines, and I have the hardest time trying to put these now robust vocabulary words that we have for all these experiences that we do in in what I see, right? And so if there's an you know, let's take the Stone Dape idea, right? You have these these Neanderthals that are going through that have not even established vocabulary yet. You know, there's grunts and there's maybe, there's maybe some kind of communication in some kind of way, obviously, so they can know what's poisonous, what's not, but it's very limited vocabulary. And then for you to take something that expands your mind that much, and then try to explain that to Ankh, who's next to you and be like, Ankh, I just ate this mushroom. And all of a sudden I was in like 2042 in Times Square. How do you explain the lights and the sounds and the colors and the smells and all the shit that you're experiencing? fuck man I'm gonna just <laughs> chew on a bunch of uh, amber ochre and then spray paint my hand on the side of this rock and hopefully somebody will get the message right Right? you know like that's all we got right now
1: that's all we've got right? handprints on the side of rocks
0: exactly that was yeah. their vocabulary back then you yeah. know so just you know try to understand like how crazy it is for us to explain some of these inc- incidents that we've gone through yeah. and these experiences that we've had and then try to like let me just cumbersomely explain this to you in this yeah. weird vocabulary that. And we have. And to
1: limit ourselves to have to find words for it, I mean, embodiment. There, like, words is not the top priority. Not at all. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah it's experiential. Mm-hmm. You know. So with with embodying, like, there's probably a lot of times you can't even really explain what's happening. Right. You know, you just you feel that that emotional rush and that that secure and that that trust and that feeling. You know. So. And that's probably very unique to the individual.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree. So much of how I move about my life is how I feel in my body. And this is separate from, you know, the body image that we were talking about earlier, but the feelings, the sensations, that inner guidance, mm. um, the messages, the things that, that rise to the surface, yeah, that just don't really have words. Yeah. And but that was part of Mexico for me as well, was I wanted to, to grow and expand through experience. And there was a lot of quiet time, too. You Mm. know, there wasn't always words being shared. It was just being in the room with all these people or or alone, you know, um, where you get to to create your experience, have your experience, be in the experience, Mm. surrender to the experience, whatever, have you in that moment. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I love uh, shared, comfortable silence.
1: I love it, too.
0: I had a a friend Mm -hmm. tell me one time, um, and it was, it was funny cause I didn't even realize we were sharing comfortable science. I think, I think we were roommates. I can't remember, but, um, but we were sitting there and, uh, you know, nobody's doing anything, no TV on, I didn't have a computer open. We we're just like, he's sitting over there. I was sitting over here and he leaned over and he's like, you know, the sign of a really good trusting friendship is when you can share comfortable silence and it's not awkward. Mm-hmm. And then he just went back to what he was doing and I was like. Dude, that's like the most profound thing you've ever said to me. You can't just like nonchalantly go back to just staring at a wall now. (laughs) Give
1: me more, give me more, give me more. (laughs) More words.
0: (laughs) And I just I love that so much and I I embody that now. It's just you know, it's it's I I talked to Monica about that not long ago. It's like, yeah, we can fill all the space with all the noises and all the words and all the stuff, but like when you can sit there and enjoy peace and quiet with a homie, with a friend, with a loved one, and not even realizing that it's quiet and not even realizing nobody's talking, that is so comforting. That's true. That's that's true love to me, right? When you love somebody so much that you don't need to like feel like you need to entertain that person or, you know, it's like just being around them is all that you need.
1: You know, and coming from a sound healer, from you and then, and me, right? So we can, we know too, what we teach and preach is, um, the amount of magic that happens in the silence. Mm-hmm. So here we are, people have paid us to make noise
0: <laughs> and then we
1: like give them silence and it's like, wait, what?
0: Right. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh,
1: thank you for your healing. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> that was for you. <laughs>
0: it, it reminds me of our, uh, our friend Tang, uh, in his meditation workshops, he would, um, he would play the bells, and then he would say, he would play a bell, where we got our eyes closed, sitting up straight. He'd play a bell, and then he'd, and then he'd say, okay, now listen for the non-bell. I'm like, oh, the non-bell? Ah, oh, you just blew my mind, because I can hear the bell clearly. Is the non-bell when it stops ringing? Like, you just blew me up, right? Yeah. And that's just so beautiful because that's at peace. Like, wow. as the peace, dis- as that, that chaos and the noise dissipates mm-hmm. into the peace, where's the first time that you hear the non bell? Where's that first sound of peace? Like, man, that, I never thought about that.
1: That, if there's like a place on the podcast where you can put like a highlighter note, that would be one for me. Like I have to sometimes remind myself to listen to the non-bell. That was gorgeous. Really, really gorgeous words. And so thank you, Tang. But thank you for reflecting.
0: Most definitely. What
1: you learned, embodied, and are now teaching.
0: Yep. And that was, that that, that was easily 10 years ago. Yeah. Easily 10 years ago. One of the very first meditation workshops I ever did.
1: Yeah. He was also my first yoga class with no music. Oh, So that was that's an experience powerful. for me as well.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And as somebody that plays a very, very elaborate music in my classes, uh, yeah, when I take when I've taken Tang's class and he's got the, those silent classes, mm-hmm. those are some of the hardest classes I've been a part of. Just
1: caught in my head. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's mm-hmm. when all my thinking gets really loud. Yes, really loud. And so it's good to to eliminate those distractions. Mm-hmm. But
0: yeah, yeah. so those, those are the hardest level two classes I've ever taken. Yeah, good lord. <laughs> Yes okay, so Im- embodiment Yeah right? and uh, so now coming back into the states and looking at where you're reestablishing uh, or I guess I don't know if reestablishing is the right word because you're just a, a brand new human coming back.
1: Yes, there there's oh gosh, it's like how do you even see here's an opportunity for me to say I don't have the words. <laughs> um, I came back feeling different. But I'm also feeling a lot of things since being back. and so how am I embodying the life and And what it is, I think, for me at this point is i'm I'm up against a lot of noise and just obstacles and a lot of decision making. And I need to dial back into trusting my creativity and trusting my inspiration and all of those tantric light up moments that I had. Mm. I have these huge ideas, yeah, you know that the inspiration tank is overflowing, and the creativity tank and right now I'm seeing how it's not working, okay, and so it's like a shift in perspective is going to be my miracle button that I'm like slowly pushing. I haven't quite in like quite gotten there yet to have that shift in the way I see things right now because right now I just see things as hard and yeah. challenging and whatnot. But I know that it's in me that I've embodied this new um, new ideas and new ways to show up mm. in the world. So where I'm at now is I am in Washington, but my home is not in Washington. Right. Um, so my friends, family are here, um, and then I have a storage unit of like all you know the other little trinkets I had in my Reiki office and whatnot. Um, and I am going to continue exploring. So my partner and I, he is he is completely willing to flow with my grandiose ideas. Awesome. And so I would like to establish a retreat center um, where a traveling yogi, a traveling healer of any modality can come through and they know they can land and they can teach and they can make some money and people can come to receive and then they can continue on their way. Mm. And I want it to be this like flowing retreat center that is... Totally a collective and a collaboration, and you know, and so now I need to find where I want to have that. Right. And so we would specifically did that tour of the Yucatan, so I could feel because I want in inter- I want it big. I want international, multi country. You know, at least one in the United States, maybe more. Yeah. And so you know, kind of touring the U.S. right now to see, and we've we had some places that felt really good. We had some places that we know we won't go back to. Okay. And so that's where I'm at right now because things are different right now. Businesses are different right Right. now. People are learning how to live in the world right now. And so I am in the exploration phase of my journey where, um, kind of like what you said, I feel like I need a little bit of groundwork before I can go all in. So it's like I was trying to bring all these offerings, but I didn't know where to do it. Now I'm trying to figure out where to do it so I can bring in all the offerings. (laughs) I don't really know what the correct order is. But where I'm at right now is – accepting the fact that I might pause my offerings or my work in a large-scale capacity while I do this part of the work, which is find the space and, and find the land or the community
2: right.
1: and then marry them together. One isn't better than the other, I don't, I don't believe. I, the order of things gets confusing for <clears throat> me. But I, what I had to have my mindset shift on was that this part of the journey is just as important. Because again, I feel responsible for people. I feel like I need to be of service, right. but this is part of the service work too. I'm creating something really big. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited for it.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And you know, I think part of that too is that you're, <clears throat> yeah, the concern that you have for your clients is is beautiful and is very admirable, but you're also finding other, other modalities for your clients mm-hmm. to, to practice while you're still, while you're in this flux kind of position, you know, yep. luckily I've, you know, thankfully I should say, uh, you've, you've referred a few of your clients to me, which is beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, and so like you're, you're, you're so lovingly still taking care of the people that you do love and that do depend on you for that healing journey, um, so that you can you continue amassing the skills, finding the space so that you can take this on a bigger scale. Yes. You know, so I think a lot of times like we, we get caught in our heads about the things that we're not doing, but you're doing so much.
1: I appreciate that reflection. It's like, I can hear my partners say now, like, just change your definition. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah. That – one of the biggest um, game changers for me in Tulum, we were only a couple weeks in and I was feeling like I am not doing enough, I'm not being protective enough, blah. And he said, what is your definition of productivity? Mm-hmm. And that, that literally changed the trajectory of our entire travel while we were down there. But a big takeaway from my time down there was I am now at this point in um, my life where I just don't think that there's a need to really do anything alone anymore there are so many beautiful people out there with so many gifts and there it's just why would we be try to be one force when we could team up and have this like
2: huge force
1: and so that's why you know i came back to washington and and i wasn't trying to become um, become a solo practitioner anymore i was all about collaborations and i still am Mm -hmm. you know let's collaborate with other sound healers let's do a big event what we were saying, if there's there's a group of four of us, if we put all four of us together, we have over probably sixty instruments, totally. you know, that we can yeah. like blow people out of their minds and and, and our, I just and that's where the fun is. The, the, best. Is. the acronym yeah. is the best. Calm. Calm. <laughs> and so that excites me. Yeah. That excites me. The collaborations, working in a collective, you know, it's there's no competition. Mm-hmm. Right? That feeling has left my body and That is a game changer because of corporate Lauren. Yes, right, and um, and I just feel like I have been humbled, been humbled, and have humbled myself by by choices I've been making recently. Mm. um, With that idea of there's no competition, let's all team up together and do it together. Right. And it's just like, even just saying it, which is such a gross word to like pull into these beautiful modalities that we offer, but we're just still balancing ego and spirituality. Exactly.
0: Exactly. (laughs) And, and I mean, a lot of us, we've been geared towards... The, the the game mentality the game yeah theory, the game right it's the game playing like, the game where it's a it's a it's a finite game mm-hmm. for somebody to win somebody else has to lose yeah right and that's such a weird way to play this game and if we can start to shift our mentality to that mentality of abundance like you just talked about to where we're playing an infinite game where everybody wins mm-hmm. we just reevaluate the rules that which we're playing by right redefine success the, the, like you said definitions right mm-hmm. we Success is self-defined, right? It's, it, my success is very different than your success. Yes. Happiness. All these things are self-defined, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we can start looking at why success on, an, on a grand scale is 30% growth every fucking year, how <laughs> sustainable is that? As yeah. a human being, do you really want to grow 30% every year and have to manage that growth? And what are you going to do with all that money that you grow with? Right. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna spend all of it or are you gonna save it? And if you're saving it, that's great. But you're now you're now you're sitting on all this money which withholds it from other people utilizing it. Yeah. Right. So take somebody like Jeff Bezos, we think what you want to think about this person, but he's got three trillion dollars that more or less he's sitting on. Yes, he's got investments, and yes, he's got like businesses and shit that he's working with, but if you look at like the COVID times, and again, I'm not I'm not gaslighting Jeff Bezos here. You know, I'm just putting some facts out there. But you know, he did not compensate his staff properly. He did not give them, uh, you know, uh, work time off for for the COVID stuff. You know, there's all these demands that he put more on his staff because they were now delivering more boxes and all this shit during COVID times. That's the richest man in the world running the shittiest business that we have. That's a very horrible. Uh, example to set and if now that becomes the standard again that's success that that's that's a definition of success Mm -hmm. is success for you helping somebody else earn so much money that now you're poor because that person has so much fucking money right when the 86 richest people in this world make more than two and a half billion poorest people in this world there is something fucking wrong with that right and so yes you have your money, but you also have an opportunity to, to do what you want with that money, right? And do what you want with those skills that you
1: have, right? Yeah. Money, money, money. Is ah, such an one. interesting topic. Mm, yeah. Is. Um, I have done a lot of healing around money Good, because I truly believe that abundance is, is like our birthright.
0: It is, most definitely. And it
1: does not have to come in the form of money, mm-hmm. right? And I love spending my money on things that I, if I, if I want to buy new bowls, I'm going to buy new bowls, you know, all, because I know that I'm going to use these bowls. I'm going to put on epic sound baths. People are going to pay me for it. Right. And then I'll have, then I'll have my return on investment, you know, and, and so I have a very, um, Lucy Daisy, like relationship with money that like drives my partner crazy, but he's willing to like see, he just recognizes we look at it differently. Yeah. Stock, stocks, to me, fake money. It's not yeah, real money. It's right. like if you cash it out, then it's real money in your pocket, but it's not real. It's So it's just like the, the way that I'll comment on things compared to him or how I was raised. Um, but I am not letting money stop me. Good. So I did not come back to Washington to hustle to make more money, right? And, and I'm not going to not continue exploring because maybe I don't have as much in the bank as I would want, whatever whatever it might be, Right. Um, because I just don't feel like either of those are true. Like, I feel like I have enough to go live how I want to live. More will come when it comes and I will continue to spend as I spend. And I have released so much, um, stress Hmm. around that and, and it takes away. So it's what allowed me to embody this idea of a collective work, you know, collective retreat center or a collaboration, Because obviously if you do a solo sound bath, you're going to make more than if you partner up with someone. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But that's not how I want to live anymore. Right. So... Yeah, yeah, a lot of embodiment has happened in Good. the last seven months, for and sure.
0: You know, there there is uh, when we start to live in abundance, it it does just keep that abundance train moving, and it, and it shows up and manifests in different ways because not like you said, not all abundance is money, mm-hmm. right? It's abundance and safety, abundance and trust, abundance and courage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of ways to define abundance in our own li- in our own rights. And, and when we can live within that truth of ourselves, it does really reciprocate. And it's constant. It's constant. It does. You know, and that's, that's the money thing has been something that I've been working on for the past couple of years. Um, you know, having that, you know, corporate job for so long, you know, you get used to what you feel is comfortable, quote unquote, comfortable salary or income. And now I've realized that that's so not even like it's not even part of that definition for me. Like comfortable salary, comfortable income doesn't make any sense to me anymore because I do know, I do feel that I'm, I'm living in abundance and that I, you know, that it's, it's almost instant the way that it answers now. Like I'll sit there and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm self-employed. I don't have a corporate job, you know, so I definitely, I'm on my own to make my rent and all these things exactly. that I need to do. And so if I'm looking at my week and I'm like, oh man, like I only have so and such and such money coming in this week, I really need to sell more bracelets or maybe, and I hope I get another Reiki client. And then usually by the end of my meditation or the end of that day, I've got like three requests for bracelets and yep. more Reiki clients that are coming in. I'm like...
1: Thanks. Exactly. Thanks,
0: universe. Appreciate it. You know, I just had to like state it out there that I'm, hey, that I might have some fear around this, and then it's just answered. Say, hey, you're living in accordance with what you're doing. Don't be afraid. Here's, mm-hmm. here's, here's some security that that you need right now while you're building your embodiment. Yeah. Here's some security that you need, and know that it's always here, but it's not needed. Yeah. Right. And that's such a beautiful message for me to have. Yeah. Like it's always there. All I gotta do is ask for it. But it, it's it's not really that important in the first
1: place. Yeah. And just that, the, the surrender, you know, and the humbleness and asking for help, universal help and, Mm -hmm. um, the, the vulnerability and saying, Hey, I have, I'm experiencing fear over my week. That, that is what is reciprocated in abundance. Right. My, my opinion.
0: No, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's like a Vipassana meditation. You know, when we, notice a point of interest in our body and we send love and we send Mm -hmm. attention there, sometimes that's all it needs is that, you know, we, we have this, uh, this emotion that pops up that might be fear, that might be anger or something like that. And if we push it away and we don't deal with it, then it's going to get stronger. But if we just acknowledge it and say, Hey, I I see you. Yeah, What's up? What's up fear. Yeah, Let's let's come sit and let's, let's chat for a minute. Let's find out why you're afraid you're here for a reason like fatigue. You know, when our body gets tired, fatigue is there to be like, Hey, you probably shouldn't lift all the weight that you can because you're tired. Lift half the weight that you can. Cool, let's do that. So awesome, good, right? <laughs> you know, and it's those, those those triggers, those those little messages that that, that they're there for us when we're willing so to hear good. them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So with uh so now that you're back and that your uh your freedom to kind of explore your practice and your humanity um, and you're looking for that space to where you. The, and by the way, that's just, uh, I love the idea. And if I could be in any way a help oh, that you're, idea, you're already like, part of it. Thank <laughs> I just you. haven't
1: informed you yet. Perfect. You have been informed. Awesome.
0: I've, <laughs> it is on record now. It's uh, one minute or 24 minutes. That an hour was a big manifest or
1: fail. I forgot to inform that you are a key player. <laughs>
0: Well, in, intrinsically down deep, I knew. Yeah, so, totally. So, uh, thank you, thank yes. you. Appreciate the official, the official heads up. Uh, <laughs> so what? Uh, so what are those next steps for you? Are you going to continue to look around for this place in these states, or are you going to just? Yeah.
1: I, so, so we are living in an airstream. Cool. And um, it's really cool. Um, it we're going to do a little bit of a renovation on it. Awesome. And so, at first, the renovation was an inconvenience. It's going to take away from my time to like see clients or whatever. And now, again, because I've had that shift in perspective, like the renovation is what's going to take us on this next part of the journey of the exploration. Yeah. So I'm really excited for it. Um, So we're going to put a little bit of work into that and then probably get on the road by early fall, Mm, um, mid-fall, before we're kind of also chasing weather. So we left Mexico because that's when the rain started to come and it just got unbearably hot. Yeah. And, um, and then we're gonna leave Washington when the rain comes and it gets cold, but the first stop will just to be in the United States, mm-hmm. um, lake Powell, Tahoe, Tahoe gets cold, but maybe hit that you know, on the way out. yeah, um Sedona has, is a magical vortex that I want to go experience yes. and and yeah, just kind of ex tootle around and um, we know we're gonna be going back to Puerto Morelos, we know. Um, I'll be in Costa Rica in February.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. we might actually be just there. Just extend your stay. Yeah, I know we're or thinking I'll about it. Just
1: go earlier. <laughs> yeah,
0: because yeah, we're gonna be down there in June, January. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it's so it I mean. Let you finish what you're saying, but like it's so inspiring to hear you talk about what you're talking about because like I I feel so drawn in that same area of just get out there and explore.
2: Yeah,
0: don't let the money be an issue, and so hearing you say that is very very empowering to me uh, because we do put so much so much weight and so much strength and money and that security that it gives us, but there's also there's, there's so much beautiful humanity out there. Mm -hmm. That is that the currency is love. It's not money, you know? And if you show up in, in a place that, that has a beautiful community that will embrace you, it's like, that's all you need. That's
1: all you need. need. We have experienced some really beautiful love on our travels and, and we just always felt welcomed because Mm. we were ready to be received. Yeah. You know, um, I would say, um, I lost my thought. I had a thought there. Um, maybe it'll come back to me.
0: Yeah, no worries.
1: Well, first, going back to the travel part, we're yeah. obviously up against the times. Yes. And so we'll just keep an eye. We've got all these countries we want to go visit. That's Mexico wasn't supposed to just be Mexico, okay. Mexico was the first stop.
0: We were going to go farther we south. Were,
1: yeah, we were going to then bust into Belize and, okay. you know, and just continue all the way down to Costa Rica and then fly back to the United States. Yeah. And we ended up staying in Mexico the whole time um, because of travel restrictions and whatnot. So, so we have all these countries that are still on our list and people now though, because one, one of the neat things about Tulum is it is a hub. And so people from all over the world like gather. And so now we do have connections literally all over the world, Mm. which is great. Um,
0: yeah, I love that. Yeah.
1: I really, you know, that thought, whatever thought that was blinked me, but
0: yeah, they have the tendency to do that sometimes. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so we'll be yeah, we'll be getting on the road and nice. Just going from there. Right on seeing what pops up. I remember what it was ah, because me. we were talking about like kind of the fear of maybe not doing the exploration around money. Mm. The other thing that came up for me in Mexico was I was so caught up in what I thought I was supposed to be doing that I was missing what was right in front of me. And so, I am really committed to this next part of exploration to to embody where I'm at in the moment, like the beauty, the beauty that this country provides us, right, yeah. you know, that's free. and um, and to see how that connection back to nature and, you know, mother guy or pachamama to let that move through my veins in a way that I feel like I only tapped into in Mexico because I was still corporate Lauren kind of like reared her pretty beautiful face yeah. a couple times, uh-huh, right? A uh-huh. couple more times than I would have wanted. All part of the experience though. It is. I learned a lot and I get to take what I learned and move forward with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, thank you for, for circling back because that actually brought me back to a point that I wanted to make about your uh, your productivity comment you made earlier. And I can't remember who said it, but I, I was listening to some guy talk not too recently. And uh, and he said, um, you know, why don't we stop trying to judge our days on how productive we are and start looking at how present we've been,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and that totally shifted my head, you know, because I do, I'm such a list oriented person. And when I get up, I make a list and I knock that shit out. Right. And if at the end of my day, I still have items left on my list. I'm like, well, fuck, what was I doing all day? Like, yeah, "Yeah, there were 30 things on that list there's still five left. What were those five things I couldn't get done? Yeah. You know, but it's like, Hey dude, you knocked out 25 things. And not only that, but you like you felt good about the things as you crossed them off. So remember that feeling. Yeah. Right. Not this this post you're now the lean, done. Doom. Now exactly. <laughs> now that the, the dopamine is now released yeah. because you're now not trekking those things off. So you're not getting that serotonin rush also, you know, you're back to nor more, more neutral state of mind. And now you're regretting these things that you didn't do, but you don't remember the excitement that you did, that you had when you accomplished those things. Yeah. Right. Live in those moments mm. of accomplishment. Right. Love that. Yeah. Be present.
1: There's another quote that goes right off of that is time enjoyed wasted is not wasted time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. boy, do I not know how to live that. And I am trying. <laughs> and, and it did. It got to the point where I had to ask my partner for permission please just i need to give me permission to not do anything today as mm. because i couldn't give it to myself okay and so i had i had to ask for support and you know you know i don't have to give you you can do whatever you want i know i can do whatever i want but just tell me i don't have to do anything and it was that was the manicness that was happening in how uncomfortable it was to just be okay being yeah literally it was so uncomfortable for me and then eventually i started to give my own self permission And that's when some of the most beautiful things would happen is when I – I chucked the to-do list, and maybe I slept an hour longer, so then I could go take on the day with yeah. a hop, skip, and a jump in my step.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that that I that I romanticize about with um, doing something like you've done, right? Where where I can go and and take my my rituals out the window, and my wake up time, and my morning meditation, all these things that I really I am I really do appreciate all these rituals that I have. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like they're they're holding me back at times because I put so much weight into them as being my rituals. So getting to the point to where like when I'm on vacation I don't set my alarm clock, you know. And so having that kind of mentality of like I'm going to go somewhere where I don't have a set time to get up, I don't have a set time to go to bed, I don't have clients that I have to see on these times and these days or these tasks that I have to accomplish. And I use the word "have to" as right. my own definition of right. you know my own productivity. I'm choosing to do all these things. I'm choosing to put all these these things into my life. But whenever I go and I'm on vacation or I'm in the, and I take myself out of that, I'm choosing to not address those things anymore. I'm choosing not to be a part of that ritual. And and there is a freedom to that that although the rituals are comforting, there's also a comfort to not having those and that freedom of, you know, I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't yeah. know who I'm going to meet. I don't know who I'm going to talk to. I don't even know if I'm going to understand the language they're going to talk to me in. Yep. Right?
1: <laughs> Fucking challenge
0: accepted. Let's figure this out.
1: Challenge accepted. Yeah. And let's like, I mean, let's riff on that for a second, right? Like challenge accepted. I mean, we can literally create our reality however we want to. Yeah. It, just challenge accepted. Like today I'm going to, you know, wake up and, and do this and manifest this and t- tomorrow, whatever. And it's... However we need to package it up so that we can accomplish it and feel the good feelings, you know, and the peaceful feelings, like do that. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need it to look like. And, and it's going to be individual for you. It's going to look different for you than it did for me. Definitely different for my partner. And that was something that we had to work through. Like my package of I want this to feel good is different than his package. Right. I like to sit and be quiet in the morning you know, and to go in and I have my rituals as well. And he is the first, he'll get up and he'll be, he wants to go to the cafe to get coffee. I'm like, well, I don't want all that noise in the morning, you know? And so, but that, so we just did separate things. I had my morning where I did it this way and he had his, where he did it that way. And eventually there were times where he sat with me mm-hmm. or there were times that I went with him, right. you know? And so challenge accepted to do things differently. Challenge accepted to accept myself exactly where I'm at in this moment and do it how I feel like I need to do it right now to mm-hmm. be at peace. Like just, I I just love that challenge accepted. Like it's like a big check mark in the middle of my solar plexus
0: totally right <laughs> and you know giving your 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 partner that freedom to be that person they need to be at that point in time as well mm-hmm. you know we're not always g- wired the same way you know even if we have a lot of similarities you know there's still times where i'm going to think differently than monica and vice versa you know and so giving that person the freedom to explore that mm-hmm. and to to be yes go explore that person go be a free spirit for a little while go have a random conversation with somebody you've never even met before yeah. check that box feel good about that I'm going to be over here chilling, reading a book Yeah, and just be as happy as you are, right? It's
1: totally okay. And that,
0: you know, that that I think circumvents a lot of codependency that a lot of couples end up in without really realizing it. You know, we feel forced sometimes to do what our partner is doing just because we want to be with them, which is great. Mm-hmm. But if you're agonizing over the thing that you're choosing to do just because you're wanting to make somebody happy, you're giving them a false reason why you're there. They're having a false understanding of why you're there and then, you know... You're just creating bad habits, right? So if you can honor yourself, and and you know if the person wants you to be there, yeah, if you can show up, be there. But yeah. you know if you have that space to do what you need to do, they do what they need to do. You're creating those habits that you need to make yourself the person that you've, you you feel, feel proud of being. And then when you come together, you're like magic, fucking happens. Magic
1: happens. You know? Yeah. I it's oh. to be able to be your own person, but be complimented by another, and to compliment another. I think is where that beautiful balance and the beautiful magic happens, Yeah, you know, there, obviously there's times where ego comes in and I'm like, oh, well, here's my list and how do you match up to it? Cause I want you to do all these things to make me happy. Right. So now you're responsible for my happiness. That's completely unfair to that person Uh and, um, unrealistic, but we, um, just in my specific partnership, we have, we have enjoyed trying each other's different ways and we have both had to humbly surrender, you know, and, and release control and step back and, yeah. and, um, oh, it's not always easy, no, right? Like no. I'm making it sound like it's a beautiful, like, <laughs> like it all unfolded perfectly. <laughs> you know, I, when I, cause I suggested, for instance, Tulum to, okay. to go do the, the festivals and the sound healing and. It's kind of a new world for him. So he was like, let's go. So I'm like, cool, I have someone 100% willing to do anything I want to do.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, so that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but I had that story, and so I had those expectations on him for the first little time in, in Mexico. And he said, man, you didn't even let me put my toes in. Like, you just pushed me off the deep end. <laughs> and, it, you know, it caused such an upset that it actually caused the miracle. Like, it mm, was like yeah. the the eruption that needed to happen like what is the saying about heat becomes the diamond type thing right right yeah so we had that heat that mm-hmm. pressure and then now it's just like oh smother me in diamonds it's beautiful go. yeah yes.
0: <laughs> i think it's a, a bell hooks quote but uh, she said that um uh you know finding the perfect finding your spouse uh you, you're not looking for somebody to complete you. You're looking for somebody to hold space. So you complete yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know? And I, I, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to know that there's somebody that can hold that space and accept you for who you are, for what you are, for knowing that you might not be in a place where you're proud of, but you're working through it. And I'm going to hold that space while you journey.
1: Yeah.
0: That is, that's so comforting, you know, because, you know, for somebody like, uh, you know, yourself is, does a lot of self work and myself, you know, when we entered into our relationships we're in, we're very different then than we are now because we've done so much work between then and now.
1: Exactly. It's like I
0: constantly have to check back in with Monica and be like, do you still love me? Because I'm very different. Because <laughs> I have than changed. A, I've changed vastly, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so like you have checking back in, you know, like, hey, yeah. th- well, first, thank you for holding that space so I can, I can journey to be a better, in my opinion, a better human being. But also, as I journey, like, I respect the fact that I'm changing a lot, that if somewhere in that line that, line that I change to a point to where we just don't connect anymore, I, that's fine. That's you know, I, I love and I, and I, I don't want that to happen. But, mm-hmm. you know, if if that's where it is and that's a healthy reasoning why it is what it is, yeah. you know, you know, but but. That hasn't happened, and I thankfully because yeah. I love the shit out of Monica, yeah. and, I, and I appreciate everything that she does to hold space for me while I journey and, and find these this new position in life that I want to be in, and and her as well. You know, I'm holding space for her. I was gonna
1: say you can reflect that right back onto you too. You're doing just as much work
0: right. yeah, to hold you. the space for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's it's. it's it's beautiful and it's really hard, yeah, really, really hard. But it's it's so empowering to see that work being done and to be able to be a person to hold space.
1: Yeah, some of my moments where it was just the where it like the, the fireworks really was when I could take off my glasses of how I thought it was supposed to be or what it is I wanted to see, and I got to just see him in his experience for something that was brand new to him, and it was like. The innocence, hmm. the innocence around it. And it was just – and then it just – the love, like the – I couldn't even contain it. Like it just was like pouring out of my body. And it was like I stopped trying to mold and let him just be. Yeah. And when he's just being, you know, and I know that's reverse, Like that I know is something that he could also say about me, right? And so – when we just get out of each other's ways, but then we compliment one another and we support each other and, and we enjoy each other, you know, yeah. But I I love partnerships. Yeah. I thrive on them. In whether it's a lover, you know, family, friends, my dog, my mm-hmm. dog, I swear, is my angel. Yes. I know he's my angel actually. Partnerships is just this sensation of there's no separation. We're all connected, mm-hmm. and there's just again I've said it probably it's my third time now. There's just no reason to do anything alone, when when we really can bound to bind together and
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: merge our energies and
0: right yeah. yeah we start finding these these beautiful people that are in our lives mm-hmm. you know and I've been lucky enough to find people like yourself um, you know Monica there's there's amazing people that are in our lives that. That do complement the, the abilities that you have. Yeah, you know, like I'm not going to be the person that you are, and I'm not going to embody the abilities that you have. But you know, like I have my own set of skills, yeah. and then you have yours, and then there's a person over here, that person over there, and it's like, you know, again, that live in that place of abundance. It's all just manifesting together, and it's all pushing us all towards this beautiful way of living that is not traditional that we're taught. Yeah, but. It's that infinite game, like we mentioned earlier, where I'm going to win because I'm going to help you win, and you're helping that person win, and we're all helping each other win. Yep. And that's the biggest win we can have.
1: And that's the biggest win. You know,
0: we have these little sacrifices that we make for our own personal definitions of success, just redefining. Not even a sacrifice, just a definition adjustment, and then boom. Boom. We're yeah. all living together. We're all embodying together. We're all just healing together. Which is, man, mm. there you go. You know, and if we can, if we can keep that momentum moving, even on a small scale, you know, small scales lead to bigger scales, which lead to movements. You know, and those those small scales, you know, this it starts by just you know. Taking that first class, being on that first table for your first session, you know, having that conversation that might be a little uncomfortable at first because okay. it's using vocabulary you're not aware of or right. talking about terms that you're not very clear on, you know, but have the conversation, do the experience, you know, be, be fucking weirded out, you know? Be and
1: weirded out, yeah, yes. man, God, <laughs> I
0: love being weirded out in this world, you yeah. know? That's my favorite thing now and if somebody can say something to me that weirds me out, like, oh, good for you. Wow. You're,
1: like, thank you for that. Yeah, it's been a while.
0: All right. Yeah. You know? But yeah, take us, you know, t- let's let's explore that shit, you know? Let's yeah. Let's explore it.
1: And, you know, I, I said it because I mean it with this whole, like, not doing not doing things alone. That's separate from, like, a codependency conversation and whatnot. Right. The, the biggest gift I ever gave myself was the ability to sit with myself. Mm. And and I couldn't do that, which is why I was not sober. And now, you know, it's like if I can sit with myself and see it and and without trying to alter or change it and then be how I am and show up in the world and then like partner up with all these people, you know, business partners, whatever, that's when you're just in your pure authenticity, mm. I believe. And so, so I'm not preaching here like always be with someone or, you know, don't ever be alone. That's not what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I definitely am an advocate of community.
2: Most definitely. Yeah, and then yeah.
1: an advocate of doing the inner work. Mm-hmm. Like show up for yourself. Learn who you are. Embody who you are. Embrace who you are. Love who you are. And then go be a fucking god or goddess in the world. You know? Fucking <laughs> boom. There yeah. you go.
0: God damn. Well, I love that. You know, and I, you know, there's, uh, I used to romanticize about <clears throat> just F in the world and go living by myself in uh, you know, some space mm-hmm. by myself, you know, uh, Walden, you know, Hen- Henry, David Thoreau, the, the book Walden, you know, he's, a, a, a it's written about a guy that just lives in Africa Alaska homesteading by himself. He's got two chairs, one for himself. And then one in the case that anybody else comes by mm-hmm. outside of that, he's got nothing super happy. He loves it. He's up there just homesteading. And I romanticized about that a lot. And but you know it's, it's the, where where I get caught up is I can be I can be just fine by myself right but I'm not learning anything I'm not able to enact any of the thing that I am learning right if I do learn something about myself I'm not able to beta test that on somebody else it's gonna put me out of that learning mm-hmm. right I learned something new this new life skill that is peaceful to me but it's only peaceful if I just hold it to myself as soon as I share it with somebody or if, if I go out into the world somebody's gonna trigger. That might, if I have this embodied thing that I'm working on, will help me strengthen that because I'm now able to utilize and practice this thing. But if I'm just sitting up in the middle of nowhere by myself, I'm just I'm just utilizing it myself. Yeah. Nobody's there to trigger me to make sure that that thing's actually working.
1: Exactly. And unless you're completely enlightened and Zen, Buddha right right then you're just basically co-signing your own shit
0: right exactly exactly <laughs>
1: so definitely that's that's the beauty of having reflections of people around you
0: yep i uh, the my counter to my own personal argument with that because i like to just argue with myself at times, is the uh, the idea of the the Zen Buddhist monks in the Himalayas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are the monasteries where there's groups of people, but there are also you know those individuals mm-hmm. that you know those in, in India, for example, that sit in caves and that they just by themselves, right? right? And so my other side of that was like, well, what's the difference between them and this guy in Walden, right? So, hmm. and I, and I was, uh, introduced to a concept. I can't remember who introduced it to me. I think I might've talked about it on a previous podcast, but it's the idea that the person that is say meditating in the Himalayas, not only, okay, so there, the difference that, the, that this person identified was that if you're homesteading and you're just doing this all for yourself, that's very, you know, self-centered kind of idea. You have your reasons, but that's selfish. Not I shouldn't say selfish, but that's, you know, you have those own reasons, somebody that has been dedicated their entire lives to a spiritual practice of some sort that is chosen to then live by themselves. The way that it was presented to me was that they are holding space for humanity Mm. so that humanity can journey and be the person that they need to be knowing that these Zen Buddhist monks or whatever denomination, you know, sometimes it's Judaism, whatever these, these people holding space for humanity for Mm. the entire world so that they can journey because they feel that they're being held by these mm-hmm. spiritual figures. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah totally. It's that pretty. That gave me a lot of uh, kind of comfort in that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, if you go on a vision quest, right? You're alone. Yeah. But then there's people that have set the intentions to hold the space for you while you're up there. Right. So then you actually know that you're not alone. Right. But, but you're physically alone.
0: Yeah. Well, and even yeah. those uh, in that, that whole idea of alone that you just brought up too, that just came to me is that if you are that in touch with yourself, you're constantly surrounded by all your spirits, all your guides, all your ancestors, everything that's around you. You're constantly in touch with that. So you're never alone. Like right. that, that Zen Buddhist monk, for the example that we just put out there, that's meditating on the top of the Himalayas is surrounded by the entire universe. They'll never be alone. They see the energies. They feel the power. They feel the the divinity around them. Mm. It's embraced with them. It always, you know. So if you can see God in the molecule of the, if the of air that's around you, then you'll always be surrounded by that 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 feeling. Yeah. <sighs> oh. oh that just gave me a nice. That soul. that was oh, good. That oh. was
1: that was beautiful. <sighs> well, it's like where did you see God today? And however you define it. Right.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Self-defined.
1: Self-defined. That was one of those, going back to words, one mm-hmm. of those words that I struggled with when I opened my practice. Because I, I use the word God and it has its own meaning for me, the yeah. el- my own definition that I've created. Um, but you just never know how, how other people have defined it and whatever meanings they're going to attach to it. And mm-hmm. I was holding myself back from using the word out of fear of being judged. And now I say it because it's to my own understanding. Right. You know? Yeah. But where did you see God today? Can you see God in that molecule of water, like you said, and he'll never be alone? Right. So, yeah. Beautiful.
0: Oh, man. Well, girl, I could talk to you for hours. I know. Man. Goddamn. <laughs> I could actually, I was just thinking about where I could riff off this whole God thing. I'm like, yeah. oh, but, but respecting yes. of times. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, is there any parting thoughts you want to leave us with? Anything that uh, you're working towards, working on, places we can find you?
1: You know, some parting thoughts would be... Um, just gratitude. So while I was traveling, I was so grateful to have the opportunity, but I was also so grateful for the friends, you know, the community that I had established here. Mm. It was apparent to me how profound and important it was in my life when I left it, Mm. you know, and now I'm back in it and it's so good to be back. And so, um, just letting the gratitude flow through me but um i really saw that i have just some solid people in my life and and i know it's going to keep expanding um but it it was a it was good to come back even though there was noise yeah. you know and and whatever whatever roadblock it was in the way uh, i was welcomed with open arms and yes. yeah it's to be sitting here in your healing space and You know, little Miss Monica just came home. I can hear her. Uh
0: (laughs) So just, and
1: I'm excited. Like, I am excited to go give her a hug.
0: Yes. She's excited to receive. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anything I can do while you're here, let me know. Uh, And if you need to reach out to Lauren, I'm going to put all her contact info on our show notes. Uh, but while she's in town, if you have an opportunity to get a healing session from her, please, please do. She's very, very gifted human being. And, uh, once we get that, uh, that healing center you're talking about established, I can't wait to just, just be a part of that in some kind of way. Uh, we'll probably have you back on and talk about that stuff. So,
1: uh,
0: Lauren Acton, thank you so much, love. It's been a pleasure catching up.
1: Thank you, Adam. So good to be here.
0: We'll see you next time. All right. Thank you so much for spending time with Lauren and I, uh, please subscribe to the podcast. If you like what we're doing and, uh, and share it. If you, uh, if you got some friends, that can get something from this conversation, build the community, keep it growing. Uh, love you. And thank you for all the support, uh, obeisance and love to you all. We'll see you next time.